2022 NFL season is a wrap and we got another loaded episode on the island this week. We're going to recap week 18 in the NFL, breaking down each matchup, the headlines, injuries, and we will have our weekly awards from week 18 as well. And we're also going to break down each matchup of Super Wildcard Weekend, talking about headlines, predictions, and much more. So stay tuned. We've got a lot more playoff football talk coming your way. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. Welcome back, ladies and gents, to Baller Island. Last week we were off. We're back this week. We got playoff football to talk about. A little bit of week 18. It's the end of the season for many, but it's the beginning for 14. We're going to get into all of that week 18 NFL playoffs wildcard weekend. Give out our awards for week 18. It's going to be a good episode on the docket, but we cannot begin this episode without, of course, acknowledging the events that happened last week, which obviously led to us not having the pod out in Buffalo. Of course, the events with DeMar Hamlin. Great news is that he's doing much better now. He's been released from the hospital. He's in Buffalo. Um, That was a pretty insane series of events that happened there. Glad everything ended up being okay. We'll talk a little bit about that at the top, and then we'll kind of move forward with that. Jay Sahoda, Bilal Lahi, you know the deal. B. Your Patriots are gone, and then you decided to literally say one, two, three, Cancun as you're literally doing this pod from the Caribbean. I'm joining the squad, man. I'm waiting for the Patriots to show up any day now. Um, yeah, they had a shot. They had a shot, though, but uh, mediocre season again. Yeah, yeah, it's another, it's, it's definitely was another like kind of. Me, yeah, mediocre midseason and kind of fighting for their life there at the end. We'll talk a little bit about that and then we'll kind of go forward with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely big, big ups to the Bills for coming out and playing like that after a really heavy week to come out and, and you know, play the way that they did really right from the get go as a kick return for touchdown from mm-hmm. Naeem Hines, who was on fire um, in that game. Bills got the win. They're now the two seed. So let's kind of start with that, to be honest. So because the Bills Bengals game that was canceled, the NFL decided the outcome is if it's Bills Chiefs or I believe if the AFC Championship has two of the three teams, Chiefs, Bills, or Bengals, it will be played at a neutral site. That's if the Kansas City Chiefs are hosting the game. It will be at a neutral site. B, what are your thoughts on that being the possibility of the AFC Championship game? Okay, so I was I was a bit um, confused by this because so if the Bengals had won that game, they would be the two, right? Yep. And the Bills would have won that game. They would have been the one. Yep. So, either way, if those three teams play each other, it's at a neutral site. Yeah, yeah. Basically, that this is true. If they played, it'd be it. It would be. But the thing is, um, no. That's only if Buffalo. Or sorry, that's only if Kansas City got the one. If Buffalo got the one, it would just would have been it would have been fair game. But because KC got the one seed, and technically they got the one seed on an unfair advantage because mm. the Bills and Bengals had a game less. So that's that. That's kind of where that went. If the Bills got the one seed, it would be going through Orchard Park. And that's the part that I hate how this went down. And obviously, you can't hate the situation because of how it happened and the events that occurred. It's like the one seed, who gives a damn, right? But when you're thinking about it now, you're like, 
that sucks. Like, for Buffalo, that was the goal. Like, we've been talking about it all year. It's like, get the one seed, get the one seed, get the one seed. And, like, the most unthinkable scenario happens, and they don't end up getting the one seed. I mean, it's it's tough. Again, this situation is very unique because it's bigger than sports. It's bigger than football. It's life. But looking at it now, it's like, damn, man. Like, this, it's, bro, like, that's that's tough. But the good news is, if they do meet KC, they don't got to go to Arrowhead. That's the good news. But it sucks, though, because having having somebody come to Orchard Park in January is different. It's different, man. And that's and that's really tough for the for the Bills to swallow. The good news is they'll have two home games if they beat the Dolphins on Sunday in the wildcard round. They will host again in the divisional. But still, wacky, wacky scene of events, and that's kind of how that situation goes. We'll kind of monitor that throughout the postseason. Let's go Week 18. Let's start in the AFC, which we already kind of started there. So the seven seed was up for grabs here. The page, your Patriots, all they needed to do was knock off Buffalo in Orchard Park. They would be in the postseason. Dolphins needed to beat the Jets and then have the Patriots lose. The Steelers needed to win and have the Dolphins and Patriots lose. What ended up happening? The Patriots ended up getting killed by the Bills. They they fought hard, but they couldn't get it done. So they're done. Dolphins. Honestly, undeservingly kind of got the 70. Like, that was honestly, I didn't even watch much of this game. And honestly, looking at it, it's like anyone who did, I admired their souls. Because, like, that 9-6, to six, that is pathetic, man. And Skylar Thompson just, I don't, I don't even know how the Dolphins are even moving the football these days. And then Pittsburgh managed to keep Mike Tomlin's 500 record alive, which honestly I think is the most, the coolest part of this whole thing. But yet the Dolphins ended up getting the 70. Yeah, I mean, out of those three teams, Steelers, we thought were left for dead, like right away from the season. Um, I feel like the most, and I'm not even trying to really be biased because I think Miami over the last couple of weeks has just been terrible, terrible. And they've had bad luck with injuries and everything. But I feel like the Patriots out of those three teams would be best suited to give a good game to the two seed, right? Like they got a good enough defense um, and maybe like, I'm not saying they would do anything, but I could see a world in which, you know, maybe uh, they give a scare or something. The Steelers and the Dolphins, I didn't think so. I feel like the Patriots are the better team out of those three. Um, but Miami got it done, and the Patriots controlled their own destiny and couldn't get it done. Yeah, exactly. It was tough when you have a win in your end situation, but I think the game itself, like if the Patriots had played the Jets, it was the other way around, I think the Pats would be end up playing on wildcard weekend. But I think they got a tougher draw having going to Buffalo. That kind of wrecked things up there. So the Dolphins are the seven seed. Patriots and Steelers are going home. But I got to say, the Steelers, for what they went through this year, to end off on a four-game win streak and be 9-8, and eight, keep Mike Tomlin's above 500 record alive, that to me, is, honestly, has got to be one of the coolest stories. There, there are quite a few cool stories of, of, this, of this season, and we'll get into that. But the, what the Steelers did, like, it was not pretty at times. But they kept it going. Kenny Pickett, I, I really do think this was a he really turned it on. He looked mm-hmm. like a rookie early on, and you saw that. But late in the season, this dude started making plays and he started getting game winning drives together and they started winning games. Kenny Pickett looked good, and that's something to to grow on for next season or improve on for next season. I think the Steelers are actually headed in it in the right direction post Big Ben. And I think that's that's something to look forward to next year, especially knowing. There's a team more, what are they, like 5-8 and eight at one point in the season. 
and they were right there at the end to try and make the playoffs again. I thought it was really impressive for Pittsburgh. But again, Miami's the team that ends up getting into the postseason. I'm sticking in the AFC South. So it came down to Jacksonville and Tennessee on Saturday night for the AFC South. I got to say, I'm so happy the Titans didn't win this game. If they did, they would have to be one of the most undeserving teams to make the postseason. But the Jaguars defense came through and the Jags are going to be hosting a playoff game on Saturday night. Jags, man. I mean, they came, they started off the season hot. Everybody was down on the Titans. And then about midseason, it's like, oh my God, the Titans are really going to win this division. I'm glad the Jags pulled it out. They hit a, a little bump in the roll, road during the season. Some growing pains, but Trevor Lawrence is just looking like the real deal. Kind of everybody, what everybody hoped for a little bit. Showing the glimpses, at least. Doug Peterson. I mean, I, you think about what they went through last year to this year. I mean, there's been a lot of good coaching jobs this year, but Doug Peterson got to be in the top three. 100%. He, what he did this season with Jacksonville was nothing short of spectacular. It was pretty amazing what he's been able to do with this young Jags team. They got a lot of talent, and the fact that they ended up finding a way to win the division is pretty impressive. I mean, all, I know that division is just straight garbage, but what Jacksonville managed to do this season was pretty amazing, and that defense came up mad clutch. And It was um, Jenkins who came up with the play against Dallas with the game-winning pick six, and then he comes up with the game-winning uh, strip sack against Tennessee. This Jaguars defense looks good. Trevor Lawrence, I think, win or lose on Saturday, this dude is gaining some seriously valuable experience. Like the Jaguars, who knows what, what's going to happen with Tennessee. Indy and Houston are deep in a rebuild. This could be Jacksonville's division for the next few years. It really could. Like they, they, they have, they got the coach. They got the franchise quarterback who's now getting playoff experience. They got a good defense. The Jaguars are ascending while the rest of that division is not. There's a lot more to look forward to than just the Jaguars winning the division after being absolutely garbage last year. And that was just more than just the team. It was just everything as an organization. It was just a mess. Then you come back this year and go through what they did to get to the postseason. Pretty awesome story. And they're going to be hosting a playoff game Saturday night against Justin Herbert and the Chargers. As for the NFC, it came down really to the seventh seed. I know there was the stuff with the one seed. The Eagles ended up winning. Jalen Hurts came back. They beat the Giants. They're the one seed, as we all thought. Niners are the two. Vikings are the three. And then we obviously know the Buccaneers are the four. Everything was set in stone. It was just the last seed between Packers, Lions, and Seahawks. The Seahawks beat the Rams in the late slot on a what was a wacky ending there. But Seattle ended up winning that game, which meant the Lions would be playing a game that means absolutely nothing on Sunday Night Football. What do the Lions do? They come out and they play as if they were playing in a playoff game. Take it to the Packers at Lambeau Field. That had to be the first time I looked at this Detroit Lions team in years and said, yo, this team is different. This team is different. To go into Lambeau on primetime, the Lions haven't had a primetime game all year, B. 17 weeks. They haven't had a single primetime game until the last week of the season in a game that turned out to not even being meaningful. They weren't even played. Their season was ending. They knew that. And they still came out and ended up knocking Aaron Rodgers out of the playoffs and sending him home, which might be for the final time. No, I, I love that, man. And I knew uh, Dan Campbell wasn't going to have this team like let Green Bay into the playoffs. One, your guys are division rivals. That's how it should always be. Like last year when um, – who did that happen to? Was it that Washington-Philly situation? Yeah, that, was, yep, that, that, yep. that just rubbed me the wrong way. It's like you guys are division rivals. You shouldn't be doing that at all. Um why not beat them? And then now you're you're and you're like the Lions. You're trying to win as many games as you can and keep building on this thing. If you if you just punt on this game, it's just 
it's not a good foundational piece. Um, but Dan, Dan Campbell knows what to do and he's doing a good. Oh my God. A hundred percent. It takes a lot of great coaching to get a team to come out and play the way that they did. And when you, when you well know your season's over after today, Dan Campbell has done an absolutely sensational job all year long. He probably is not going to win coach of the year, but honestly, you could make a seriously good case for it. Dude was phenomenal. The Lions are also one of those teams, like I talked about the Steelers heading in the right direction. The Lions are heading in the right direction. I still don't know what the hell they're going to do with quarterback, but I got to say Jared Goff played pretty good. I honestly think this was the best season Jared Goff has had since his breakout 2018 year with the Rams when they went to the Super Bowl. Goff played really well, and I honestly think he probably played for another year at quarterback with the Lions. The defense is playing better. They're running the ball well. Their old line is very good. They got studs at receiver. A lot of things to look forward to in the Motor City, man. That that team looks good, and we don't know what's going to happen with the Vikings in the playoffs. If their their season could be over on Sunday, they can make the championship game. We don't know what the hell's going to happen with them. Packers, we don't know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers, and the Bears have the number one pick. They're still an absolute disaster. Could next year be the year for the Detroit Lions? That's a that's a topic for the offseason, but we'll get there. But things are looking up for the Lions. Um, let's talk about the Packers for two seconds here. Is it done? Like, I, I know the, today's not the day to really talk about it. It's the offseason, but, like, now is it done? Like, I feel like for the last two seasons, we were saying, like, it's done. Roger's going to retire or move to another team. But do you think this was the deathly blow to Aaron Rodgers at Green Bay? I don't think anybody knows this thing. The The Packers situation is so whack. It's like, this team was dead. When Aaron Rodgers got hurt, most of us were like, yo, put Jordan Love in, see what you got. Aaron Rodgers done. He comes back. They almost make the playoffs. We just never know. Even um, was it last year on, on draft day when it's like Aaron Rodgers wants out? And we're like, oh, my God. I was glued to my TV on the draft waiting for the Aaron Rodgers news. Ends up nothing happening. You you can't tell with this dude, man. Who knows what's going to happen? I wouldn't be surprised if next year he comes back and wins MVP. Like, there's nothing that's going to surprise me with this dude. Yeah, no, I 100% feel that. And that's why I said it's a topic for another day. Like, it, you know, Jordan Love has been has literally come out and said, if they stick with Rodgers, I'm going to request a trade. And then, you know, do you want to move to him, get rid of Rod? Like, yeah, I'm with you. The Packers, or the quarterback situation, is, it's another offseason of parity and a complete unknown. So, I mean, that's a, that's a story for another day. But Lions knock out the Packers. Seahawks knock out the Lions, which means the Seattle Seahawks will meet my Niners on wildcard weekend for the third time this season. Um, rounding out the rest of the week, 18 scores chiefs over <laughs> chiefs over the Raiders. We got to get to this for two seconds too. The Raiders hit a whole new low on Saturday. Like this team, we've been talking about all year. Like they just, they find, I've been calling it creative ways to lose football games all year long. But this, this, this was just what, the, what Casey did to the Raiders on Saturday was a joke. Like this, this should not, like that should have never happened on a professional football field what the Kansas City Chiefs did to the Raiders that whole like trick play where they like ran around in a circle in the huddle and then McKinnon took us like that's schoolyard football and they just did that in an NFL football game on a professional level like if I'm a player on the Raiders if I'm a Raiders fan like how do you not feel so disrespectful after that like that that was disrespectful what the Chiefs did and I don't even mean that in a bad way in a pathetic way for the Raiders. Yeah, and they um, kind of surprised me, man, because I, I thought the Raiders were going to – and the Raiders normally play the Chiefs well, too, right? The Raiders play the Chiefs well. 
They almost snuck in back into the playoffs, but they got huge. They have so much talent, but they got so many off-season question marks. Are they going to run it back with Derek Carr? Is is McDaniel's that guy over there? Like, wh- is Josh Jacobs going to get the contract? There's just so much stuff going on there. It's humil- humiliating. They got to come back next year and just reload, restock, and regroup. Because I thought this team was going to be way better than they were. I think we all thought the Raiders were going to be a whole lot better than they were, and they just weren't. And it's just the Raiders were the exact same team they've been – every other year like literally nothing changed for them and it, it, it was bad but what just what K- Casey just did whatever the hell they wanted to and it was just like yo this is this is bad this is this is really bad um the Vikings beat the Bears 29-13 the Chicago Bears have the number one overall pick in the NFL draft pretty crazy there and we thought it was the, the Texans in a runaway all year long nope Texans decided to win in week 18 which gave which gave the Bears the number one pick in the draft Niners beat the Cardinals 38-13. Congratulations to J.J. Watt on an absolutely outstanding NFL career. Um, that dude was was something. I'm sure we'll be giving him praise all year and then all offseason, rather. And I think we all know. Dude's probably going to get a job somewhere in the NFL media. I don't know where it's going to be, what network, but he definitely has a future there. Eagles beat the Giants 22-16. They're the one seed in the NFC. The Commanders beat the Cowboys 26-6 with not Carson Wentz, not Taylor Heineke, but Sam Howell... And they won by 20. The Commanders did. The Cowboys now back-to-back losses. They're, they're kind of limping into the offs right now. Yeah, I got to say, they. Were, I was just about to say, not a good look because it was getting kind of, I mean, it felt like the Eagles had this thing wrapped up from the start. Hurts goes down. Just a, a little bit of a crack open for the Cowboys to have a chance at that. And um, you would have thought they would have taken care of business, at least against Washington. You never know with these division games, though. Yeah, no, literally, but still losing 26 to 6 is not a good look. Broncos beat the Chargers 31 28. Falcons beat the Bucks 30 to 17. Bengals beat the Ravens 27 16. Texans beat the Colts 32 31. And the Panthers beat the Saints 10 to 7. And that is the end of the NFL regular season of 2022. Pretty crazy, man, how, how quickly that season went. Yeah, for um, real. Another crazy season. Um, before we get to our awards and then playoffs, let's quickly just kind of run through the teams that. That did not make the playoffs here, and I kind of rounded these out, and you can agree with me or not, and, and I kind of broke them up into tiers here. And I'll start with, with teams that are just in full-out rebuilds here. The Houston Texans, I mean, they fired Lovey. I don't know what the hell they're doing as an organization. I don't know what they're doing. The quarterback, I don't know what they're doing, period. Not even going to waste my time with that. Colts went from, we thought this was a team capable of making an AFC championship, and that spiraled out of control very quickly over there. Colts, same thing. I don't know where they're going as an organization at. Head coach, quarterback, they got a lot of rethinking to do. Denver needs a coach. They've been thinking Sean Payton. Jim Harbaugh's been in the mix. We'll see where they go there. Cardinals fired Cliff Kingsbury. I saw that one coming. They're definitely going through a rebuild for sure. Um, but D-Hop, I don't know if you heard D-Hop, might be on the trade block this offseason too. They might try to move him. That's got to be a sign of a rebuild there for Arizona. Uh, Chicago's got the number one pick, and then Saints and Panthers. I think it's rebuild time for both those squads. Yeah, I'm with you. And the way the Houston game played out, they had a fourth and 20, and then they had another score at the end of the game. Like, uh, they shouldn't even have won that game, and they pulled it out. But ultimately, I don't think it's going to matter too much because they're going to get their quarterback. I mean, I think out of those teams, Chicago's cool with their quarterback. Yeah, right? They got Justin Fields. They're going to have the number one overall pick. 
they're not going to pick a quarterback. Houston will still get their guys, so shouldn't be too crazy. And I mean, I think they're the only te- team out of those guys that can say that they got their quarterback right now. Yep, no, hundred percent. And I, th- I think it's time for the sa- the Saints are an interesting team because they've been competitive for so long. This year, I just think they were kind of stuck at seven and ten. We didn't really know who they were at all this season. I think it's time to kind of just scrap it, man. Like, figure out, like, who you want, like, or, like, who do you want to be as a team? Who do you want as your quarterback? The Saints got a lot of thinking to do there. The Panthers just need a coach. Yeah, honestly, I think that the Panthers, we saw a lot of good things out of that squad. I wouldn't really count them out as a rebuild. I'd probably, probably put them more in the stuck-in-the-middle section. They just need the right head coach. That They got to get this run right, man, because it's it's been tough sledding for them ever since uh, they let uh, Riverboat Ron go. Teams that are kind of stuck in the middle and they're just not really sure what they're doing and where they're going. Yeah, I put your Patriots in that tier just because, like, again, it's an eight nine season last year, ten and seven. They're kind of just stuck there, and I'm not really sure. Like, are they gonna fall down to a rebuild next season, or are they gonna come back and be competitive again? Not really sure where they're at. Tennessee is definitely stuck in the middle. I like losing seven straight games to end a season, man, that is not the Mike Vrabel-led Titans that we well know. Raiders, same thing. The Raiders just need an identity, period. Like, they just, like, who are this, who is this team? Commanders, they need a true quarterback. And then the Packers, same thing, quarterback. And then I put the Rams in there as well because we don't know who's going to be their head coach. McVay apparently is just contemplating life at the moment, so... The Rams, I kind of put them in there too. A lot up in the air for the L.A. Rams one year after winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, what about the Falcons? You didn't have them in there? The Falcons, that's a team I or have. Or even Cleveland. I put the Browns um, in there as well. The, the Browns are in the stuck I in the mean, middle. And I think even the Steelers. Yeah, I put the uh, Fal- I put the, okay, I put the Steelers heading in the right direction, to be honest. Okay, here's the thing. I mean, you're saying, so I think the Jets, they had a good season. Right, they but they still they, they still don't have their guy. They just need a so, quarterback. So yeah, if that's we're it. talking Panthers, they're kind of in the same boat, right? The Panthers don't have their guy. I mean, none of these teams really have their guy. So if I'm if I'm the Steelers, I I guess Pickett is my guy. He's probably one of the guys I feel the best about out of this group. Absolutely, he showed um, he showed he showed strides at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, he, but it it was kind of like Mac Jones was in his rookie year. It's nothing. That's gonna, you know, you can you can see a world in in three years. Is he still a starter or not? You don't. Really that's know. true. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I I, I liked what I saw out of Pickett late in the season. I think that's something to build off of. Um, so I kind of put them heading in the right direction. Yeah, Falcons. I put stuck in the middle too because same thing. They just they don't have a quarterback either. Like they got to figure out what they're doing at quarterback. The Jets. I put heading in the right direction because I feel like quarterbacks just they're missing piece. Once they figure out what in the hell they're doing at quarterback then this team's going to move forward. If they stick with Zach Wilson, Lord have mercy, I wish them the best of luck. But if they actually bring in someone like, I'm kind of shipping Jimmy G to New York. Honestly, I was kind of shipping it last offseason. I'm going to ship it again this offseason. I think it's a match made in heaven, and I think the Jets are absolutely a wildcard team next year if Jimmy G's the quarterback and not Zach Wilson. Um, and then the Lions are putting the heading in the right direction. We already just talked about the Lions. This team... This team is, is is playoff ready. They're ready to make a jump next season. They made a jump this season from last season. A lot, a lot to look forward to for the Detroit Lions. All right, Week 18 awards, game ball, who you got? You hit me with yours first. I'm going with Doug Peterson, game ball. I, I Again, we, you, you talked about it at the top. Jacksonville going what they went through last season. 
to be four and eight at, at, at a point this season to rip off five in a row with a young quarterback, a young team overall. Doug Peterson showed why he's one of the best coaches in all of football and why he's a Super Bowl champion. This was really impressive. Like the, the Jaguars have made the playoffs like once in the last, or sorry, won the division once in like the last like 10 years. For them to do that and take a step this season in year one for Doug Peterson, like I talked about it back in the offseason. I said, year one, this is where you got you want to build a foundation, build a culture, right? Win six, seven games, and then year two, you get better. Doug Peterson said, screw that. The AFC South sucks. Let's just go and win it right now. And they did. Doug Peterson got my game ball. Uh, I'm sort of on the same list as you. I'm, I'm going with Gino. Gino came in this year. Facts. Um, no expectations. Seattle was going to be one of the worst teams in the league. And he absolutely balled out. I saw the stat that he he took Russell Wilson's yep. passing um, record for the Seahawks. He did. blew my mind. Um, and they had a game-winning drive with Geno in this, and they made the playoffs, man. That's some magic. Pete Carroll did a hell of a job with this squad, too. Um, but Geno, what a, what a year for him. That's one of the stories of the entire season, I think, is, is Seattle making the playoffs and Russell Wilson and the Broncos being one of the worst teams in football. That's got to be one of the biggest stories in all of football. And, and it's really impressive. Um, win or lose on, on Saturday for Seattle, for them to get into the playoffs, for Geno to play that he did. Um, really impressive stuff by Seattle. Like you said, we thought they were done. We thought Pete was going to retire. At some point. You and I thought Pete wasn't even going to make it through a season. We thought he was going to be let go by week 15. Yeah, nah, true. They're playing another week. They're playing in January on Saturday at Levi Stadium. Really impressive stuff from the Seahawks for sure. Um, too bad the season's probably going to end on Saturday. Team of the week, I got the Detroit Lions. That's just too obvious here, man. What this team did to go on the road at Lambeau, it would have been sweeter if they had made the playoffs, but for Dan Campbell to get this team ready, they fought hard, winning in a primetime game at Lambeau. That's something that is so not Detroit Lions-esque, and yet they pulled it off. Detroit's my team of the week. I'm going to be. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Bills, man. I mean, just from what happened last week. Yeah, that's fair. Like to bounce back, I can't even like I can't even imagine like right like what they were going through. Break the game open right from the jump with a kick return. That place I must have been like uh, like I can't even imagine the atmosphere in there. Um, so many emotions and everything. You you got to go Buffalo here. Yeah, no, I'm with you. That's a good call. That's a good call. Um, biggest disappointment. I'm not even gonna really pick a team. I'm just gonna go with the entire slate and say Week 18 was my biggest disappointment compared to last year. When Week 18 made its debut, that was absolutely bonkers. This Week 18 just did not have it, did not do it for me. I Yes, the Sunday night game had some parody that was great, but like during the day, great. The AFC 7 seed, woohoo. The Dolphins won 9-6. That was not really fun. And then the NFC 7 seed wasn't much fun either. It was nowhere near as last year. Last year, you had that Chargers-Raiders game, which was epic. You had the Niners-Rams game, which was epic. I think there was some, some stuff going on on the early slate that was epic. Last year's Week 18 was nuts compared to this one. That's my biggest disappointment. No, you're right, man. I mean, that... It wasn't the usual madness that we normally get, but I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with the Packers, man. You, you had your shot, um, you win, you're in, and um, you're playing your little bro in the Detroit Lions at home. You, you, there's no way you don't think Aaron Rodgers is gonna pull this out, and it didn't happen. So I don't know how you can lose that game. There got major question marks in the off season now, so they got to be answered. Yeah, no, 100%. That's not that's not a game that Green Bay would typically lose, and yet they did, and that's that's kind of one of those games where you look at it and you're like, is this is this the changing of the guard? 
um, in that division. So I, I, I definitely feel that with Green Bay. All right, let's get right into it. Wild card weekend. Um, in the AFC, we got the Chargers are going to be going to the Jaguars. The, ja- the Chargers are the five seed. Jaguars, winners of the South, they're the four seed. They'll be going Saturday night in primetime on NBC. The seven-seeded Dolphins will head to Buffalo to play them for the third time. That'll be 1 p.m. on Sunday. And then the Ravens will take on the Bengals. The Ravens come in as the six-seed. Bengals are the three. That will be on Sunday night football. In the NFC, the Seahawks will take on the Niners for a third time this season. That will be the opening game on Saturday. Giants at the Vikings, 4.30 on Sunday. That's a rematch from Week 16. And then big game on Monday night, Cowboys, Bucks. Big game there. Eagles and Chiefs, both 14 and 3, are the one seeds in each conference. They'll get the bye week to divisional weekend. Where do you want to start? AFC, NFC? Let's go AFC. All right, let's, let's start at AFC. Let's, let's start with the first game in the AFC on Saturday. So we got Chargers, Jaguars. Chargers making their first playoff appearance since 2018. Jags making their first playoff appearance since 2017. What are you kind of looking for in this ball game? This is also a rematch from week three. The Jags waxed the Chargers mm. 38 to 10. I mean, the big thing for me is, is this game could go really either way, but regardless, it is um, whoever wins this game, it's a huge, huge step forward. If Trevor Lawrence wins his first playoff game, if Herbert wins his first playoff game, now we're talking like Herbert is one of the. Uh, in that Burrow conversation now, right? Or in that, among the other guys that we always talk about. He's got to win some playoff games. Here, I mean, I think the Chargers have been just totally different with their receivers healthy. And I, I think it's it's going to be a, a big-time play. And the Jaguars' clutch defense, we'll see if they can keep that up. Because that the Chargers' offense versus the Jags' defense is the matchup to me. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I agree. I, I'm looking at that. If the Chargers win and they go to KC, that would be absolutely mental. I'm kind of looking at this game. I'm looking at two things. One, you've got the playoff debuts of Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. I feel like I said this last week, too. Justin Herbert making his playoff debut in 2023. I feel like this is well overdue. Like, this dude should have been in the playoffs like two years ago. Um, as for Trevor Lawrence, I think this, like I just talked about, like at the top of the episode, this is a really big opportunity for Trevor Lawrence in to make the playoffs, host the playoff game. But the Chargers, this is, again, like, show what you... Like, everybody has shown a lot of faith in this team over the last two years. This season, people kind of looked at the Chargers of, well, you know, we're kind of just waiting for them to implode. Go into Jacksonville and beat the Jaguars, please. Like, you know, you don't want to make the playoffs and then lose to, the, to a Jaguars team on the road. Like, this is, a t- this is a game where I think the Chargers should win. The other matchup I'm looking at in this game is the coaching matchup. You got Brandon Staley coaching in his first playoff game as a head coach against Doug Peterson, who is a defend, who is a Super Bowl champion head coach. So you got the experience versus the inexperience in this game, and I think the experience Doug Peterson is definitely gives Jacksonville a bit of, a bit of an edge. Mm-hmm. But the Chargers have so much more talent in this game. No, yeah, I agree. I mean, you have Peterson's got to get all his young boys to really buy into this and, and coach him up. And the, the pressure is going to be crazy. Whereas, like you got on the Chargers, you got dudes that have been there already. They've played in big games already, right? Like, you yeah. know, outside of Herbert, and we know Her- Herbert's that guy is whatever. You have, I mean, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, they've been in the league. Like, this, I mean, not, they don't really have the playoff experience like that, but they've been around. Austin Eckler's been in the league for a long time. 
the boys on their defense, they've all been in games. Like Khalil Mack's been in playoff games. All these other dudes have been there. So it should be a little bit easier, and it should make up more for the coaching because they have more experienced players on their team. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. They got the more experienced squad. They got the more talented squad, like I just said as well. Um, yeah, this is, this is a big game for the Chargers. The biggest thing for the Chargers all year, at least what I see with this team, is their health. This team just hasn't been able to stay healthy. If they go into this game not having any major injuries and at least stay that way for as long as they're in the postseason, Chargers might be able to make a little bit of a run. here. Like this, This is a good team. And they got enough talent to do it, but can they stay healthy enough to do it? That's the question. Um, I like the Chargers in this game. I like the Chargers in this game. I'm going to take them over Jacksonville by 5, 26-21 in this game. I just think the talent is going to is just going to take over in this game. I think the adrenaline, the Jaguars are going to have a lot of adrenaline, a lot of emotion early in this game. Trevor Lawrence is going to need to kind of shake off the cobwebs, shake off the jitters a little bit early. I think they'll settle in but the Chargers will end up getting the win. How about you? Yeah, I'm leaning Chargers here too, man. I think Herbert, yeah, he's got to win some of these games. I want to see him go toe-to-toe with some of these big dogs like Burrow, Mahomes, and Allen. Um, and this is the time now Now you're going to be for real in that conversation. So I got the Chargers in this one as well, 27-21. Yeah, yeah, agreed. All right, let's keep it rolling. Sunday, 1 o'clock on CBS, we got the Dolphins at Buffalo. Buffalo, again, like you talked about it, playing with the emotions that they had, playing with the heavy hearts that they had to come out and play the way they did. That's a big-time response from this football team. And I think it's crazy how when events like that happen, people sometimes may think, well, it's going to – sure, it's going to affect you mentally. No question. It affected the Bengals mentally. It affected really everybody across football mentally. But it also – if you got a strong enough locker room, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I've been saying this, Sean McDermott has – created one of the strongest cultures in football with what he's been able to build in the last six years with the Buffalo Bills. And if anybody could overcome a situation like the Bills have in the last two weeks, it is this Buffalo Bills football team. Now they're going into the playoffs and they've kind of used the DeMar Hamlin situation as something to motivate them rather than, you know, be on their minds and I think it's kind of propelled them in a in a really weird way. But the Bills are, I think they're going to keep it rolling. I do. And the Dolphins, who the hell is playing quarterback? Like, even if Tua plays this game, it's like, I still am not confident at all with where the Dolphins are going. The Dolphins are, I haven't said, the Dolphins are making their first playoff appearance since 2016. The Bills are hosting a playoff game for the third consecutive year. But that's my one worry in this game is, who the hell starts a quarterback? Because if Skylar Thompson starts this game, this is going to get out of hand really quickly. No offense to the kid, but this is going to get out of hand quickly. And if Tua plays, it's, well, how is Tua going to play? How healthy is he? Is he going to turn the ball over? Like, there's just so many questions. I like Buffalo big in this game. This is the third meeting. Uh, we know the Dolphins won back in week three, which felt like you know, a century ago. Um, and then the Bills won that awesome week 15 game in the snow. Um, in Buffalo, 32-29. I got the Bills big time in this one. Yeah, man, same here. I feel like, you know I, how I felt about the Bills this year? I feel like KC was always my team in the AFC, and I liked the, the Bengals as of late. But it's just like kind of feels like a team of destiny right now. So um, I got, I'm got i running the Bills on this, and it's like I would have taken the Bills regardless. But yeah. the Bills are going to win this game, and I think they're going to kill them at home. It's going to be a 
they're just going to run it up on them too. I, I don't know how Miami's going to move the ball even either. So I got them here 30 to 15. That's literally the scoreline that I have. I don't know what is going on. We're two games in and we both have the same scoreline with one point difference. I got the Bills 30 to 16. Um, in this game, I don't think it's going to be close. I, I get if Tua were playing in this game and they didn't implode with a five-game losing streak um, near the end of the season, I still would have picked Buffalo. But I would have thought this game would have been like the Week 15 meet. Like it would have been fireworks. It would have been a great game, like 33-30. Like this would be a must-watch game of the weekend. But that has not happened. The Dolphins have looked like crap. The Tua's probably not going to start. It's just no. And but Buffalo's kind of found their mojo back a little bit, which is something we haven't said in a in a while this season. Um, I'm with you. I like Buffalo in this one. Sunday night, Ravens-Bengals, they're also playing for a third time this season. So here's the unique part about this game. So because of the canceled Bengals-Bills game, I don't even understand how this even became a scenario, to be honest. But if the Ravens had beaten the Bengals on Sunday, they would technically have the same record. But the Bengals would still win the North, but yet they would flip a coin for home field advantage. I don't understand it. Zach Taylor and the Bengals were pissed. I don't blame them. I'd be pissed too. Good news is Bengals won. Bengals will host Sunday night. But they had to win that game to avoid that nonsense. And I don't know who the hell came up with that rule. But if the Bengals win the North, the Bengals win the North. And there's no need to, to flip a damn coin. They should host the game no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that would have been um, bad. A luckily, it, luckily, it didn't happen. Um and then I think Mixon did a coin flip celebration, dude. Yeah, yeah, he fun did. Of it. But the thing with this game is it's hard to beat any team two times in a row, let alone a division rival and let alone the Baltimore Ravens. So I, I'm kind of like skeptical. This is a huge like trap spot for me if I'm the Bengals. I'm like, I don't know. But I do think the Bengals are way more talented. Um, I still think they should take care of business, but this is going to be a sneaky close game. I got the Bengals 19-16 in this. I think, no, I like the Bengals a little bit more. I think the biggest question, obviously, in this game is, is Lamar Jackson playing? Um, that's, that is the biggest question mark. Lamar Jackson hasn't played in weeks. The Ravens have been playing really uninspired football. Honestly, I feel like the Ravens, they haven't looked like a playoff team at all. I know they got a great defense, but their offense has looked horrible with uh, Anthony Brown and Tyler Huntley kind of, carrying the ship for the Ravens, but this hasn't been your typical Baltimore Ravens team. Like it did when Lamar was healthy earlier on in the season, but they just haven't looked like it anymore. And the Bengals, bro, the Bengals, the, the, this team, they look good. They look, they look better than they did last year at this point in the season. Like they are rolling with eight in a row right now. Like Burrow's on fire, Chase on fire. Like this defense, like everything is clicking for the Cincinnati Bengals. I like the Bengals 31-23. Um, whether Lamar starts or not, even if Lamar plays, it's like, well, how healthy is he? Is he going to be able to run the football? Are they going to get, you know, how much chemistry does they got? I think the Ravens are at the point in the season where they're 10 and seven and they're in the playoffs because they also got one of the best coaches in all of football and John Harbaugh. They got one of the best leaders leading that locker room. That's kind of where they're at right now. They got a lot of great leaders on that team too. They got Calais Campbell, they got Ro- Ro- Roquan Smith and a freaking gigantic deal today. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a great secondary. They got they got some dogs on that team, but they just have not been playing a lot of good football. And the Bengals, as the defending AFC champs, god damn, they look good, man. I, I'm so I'm, I'm 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 so here for it. Bills the two, Bengals of the three. Give me that damn rematch in divisional weekend. I'm here for it. I'm telling you, man. This is there's something sneaky about this game. It can't be. It, it's not going to be it that easy. But the talent, like on paper, 
It looks it. It looks it. I mean, since he's just too hot right now, since he's just way too hot, but there's hardball you can never really you can never yeah you yeah, can yeah. never really count it yeah. up and chalk it up as a win i mean they're still gonna they're gonna fight in this game yeah, yeah. no no i feel that i feel that now anytime yeah you're right anytime you got john harbaugh and, and and if lamar plays in the playoffs you, you can never count them out but i i'm just saying like it's just the bengals are playing way too good and the ravens just have not um so i got bengals but yeah, i think we're both on the same page here but chargers mm. bengals bills um and all three of those ball games all right to the nfc um, the opener of the weekend, my Niners host the Seahawks for the third time this season. The Niners swept Seattle for the first time since 2011 was the last time the Niners swept Seattle, which was also the year before Russell Wilson became the quarterback of the Seahawks. So I think that's ironic that the Niners swept the Seahawks the first time before Russell Wilson became the quarterback and then the first season after Russell Wilson left. Um, having said that, the Niners won both games 27-7, to 21-13. The Niners, speaking of red hot, goddamn, this team is hot. Ten in a row had they have won. This team is on fire. They haven't skipped a beat. Brock Purdy's playing out of his mind. Seattle making the playoffs in the first season post-Russell Wilson like we talked about earlier. Um, I'm kind of looking at it, this game is, again, two quarterbacks making their playoff debuts. We got Brock Purdy and Geno Smith. I'm giving Brock Purdy the edge because, and I'm not even saying this on a biased note. I'm saying this more of the dude just looks so poised and calm out there. It just doesn't look like anything phases him. Gino, I think honestly is going to come in and play good football. I just think I get Purdy just has more talent around him. Dudes get just got dudes. I don't know. He he just he's so calm out there, man. Like he just he doesn't look like he makes much mistakes. It looked like nothing phases him. And coming and playing a playoff game on Saturday. I'm not worried about this kid at all. Yeah, at home. And, I mean, this is the thing. Where it's like these division games, man, these division rival games in the playoffs, you guys have already beaten them twice. This is – it should not be a 10-point spread or anything what it is. It's, it's Agreed. Agreed. A Pete Carroll game, a Kyle Shanahan, boom, put it together. It doesn't really matter who's playing on what team. It's just going to be a close game, I feel like. Um, no matter what, who's coming in on what way. And you have the Seahawks, they're coming in on a big-time, like, gut-check win. Like, that's a big-time win. Even though they didn't play super great, it's like, yo, we pulled that out, we're here. So, I still think your Niners are a way better team. Um, but this game is going to be a little bit closer than people think as well. I, I got them 24-19. to 19. Yeah, I, it, it totally could. And I think that's the thing when you look at this matchup is – I got the Niners winning this one 27-13, but no question. The Seahawks always play you tough. It's a Pete Carroll-led team. They're in the playoffs. They're going to give it your all. And that's kind of just who they are, the team. But I like the, the Niners are just way too red hot right now. And I, I like I like this matchup against Seattle. The talent is not even close on each other. I, I'm excited to watch Tarverius Ward and DK Metcalf. And this is going to be a great individual matchup. It was a great matchup when they met in Week 15. They're going to go toe-to-toe. That should be a fun one there. Um, but I just think the Niners take care of business. I, I do. I don't think this one will be... Um, as close, but no question, like you said, a 10-point spread is a little bit much, a little bit much. But Pete Carroll seems to be worried. This guy goes out and flat out, completely blunt, goes and says, um, I'm happy we made the playoffs and thanks to the Lions, but unfortunately we're playing the Niners. I haven't heard Pete Carroll say that in his 13 years as head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. That's got to say something right there. Usually Pete Carroll's a little more optimistic about things. Clearly he's True. not as much in this one, but hey, we'll see. I, I do expect a fight from Seattle. I mean, 
I was a little bit worried if we were playing the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, even though the Niners always beat the Packers in the playoffs. But I feel a little bit better playing Seattle, even though considering it's a divisional game. Giants-Vikings, 4.30 on Sunday on Fox. This should be interesting. The Giants making their first playoff appearance since 2016. Vikings making their first playoff appearance since 2019. They played in Week 16, was a nail-biter. Vikings won that game 27-24. This game should be very interesting, man. Very interesting. You got the Giants coming in with hardly any playoff experience. And then you got the Vikings where everybody and their mothers are wondering who in the hell is this team and what are we going to get on Sunday at 4.30 from the Minnesota Vikings. I'm telling you right now, I, I'm taking the Giants in this game. I'm taking them 28-24. I think the Giants, I mean, we know how the Vikings have looked as of late. But I just think the Giants are a tougher team. Like, just straight up tougher. Not nearly as much talent, but they don't give a shit. They're going to play, and they're going to really make you earn this team. You're going to have to play some real disciplined football to beat the Giants. And you're going to have to really tough it out. It's going to be a battle, right? And I think just Brian Dable, I just think his his guys are going to be so amped. I think Danny Dimes is going to have a good game. He's just going to be a tough dude, man. I, I'm taking the Giants. I don't know why. I just think uh, I'm liking their mojo. That's all I can say. I, I'm with you on that. I, I'm not going to pick the Giants in this game. I got the Vikings by 3-26-23. But here's, here's the thing is, the NFL schedule makers did the Vikings absolutely no favors by giving them the 4.30 game opposed to a 1 o'clock game. Because we all know the Vikings are significantly better in early games. The last two 4.25, 4.30 kickoff games they've played B, they got absolutely smoked by the Packers two weeks ago, 41-17. And then they got waxed by the Cowboys back in November in the 4.30 slot, 40-3. to The Vikings stink in primetime spots. They're playing in a primetime spot in the postseason at home. I'm with you. I think the Giants The Giants are going to fight hard, man. This team's going to play hard, but I just got a weird fit. The Vikings are such a freaking weird team. It's going to come down to something stupid at the end. That's why I think it's going to be a three-point game. Somebody's going to miss a field goal. The Vikings are going to hit like a 50-yard field goal like they did the first time. Or Jefferson's going to make like a 50-yard catch on a fourth and 10. Like just something dumb is going to happen in this game. Danny Dimes is going to do everything right. And then at the end, some sort of nonsense is going to happen for this Giants team. I just, I'm taking the experience in this one. The Giants just, them, this being their first play, I think the inexperience might get to them a little bit at the end. Though. They're on the road as well. But that doesn't mean this Giants team isn't going to come in fighting tooth and nail. I like the Vikings by three, but expect the Giants to give them a hard time. They almost did it the first time. Like, if I'm the Giants, I'm looking at this game saying, I'm not scared at all. Like, we almost did it the first time. Why can't we go and do it again? Yeah, that's what it is, man. I I, I think Dable, I mean, we both know Dable. Dable's going to be right up there for coach of the year, too. This- he might win it, man. He honestly might win it. I mean, they were looking like, I mean, thinking like them and the Jets started off real hot. The Jets kind of fell back down to earth, but the Giants they they kept pace. They kept pace. I I would love for him to win Coach of the I Year. Think, I think I think chopping it up, top three Coach of the Year candidates right now: Brian Dable, Nick Sirianni, Kyle Shanahan. I think have to be the top three candidates for Coach of the Year right now. Um, all right, let, let's round this thing out. I, I honestly think this might be the game of the weekend. I do. And it's Monday night. This is this has got to be the definition of Monday night football. Yeah. You got the Dallas Cowboys taking on Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 
with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on the call. Monday night, playoff, winner go home. It honestly doesn't get any better than this b- better than this matchup. So you got Brady, who's never lost to the Dallas Cowboys in his career. He is a perfect 7-0. Tom Brady also suffered his first ever losing season in his 23-22 years of playing football. This was his first ever losing season at 8-9, but does it really matter? Because they're still hosting a playoff game. Like, I don't see it that way. Like, when I saw the notification of, like, Brady suffered his first ever losing season, I was like, but they're still playing in the playoffs. Like, who gives a shit? Like, you know what I'm saying? This is going to be, this is way more about the Dallas Cowboys. This is way more about the Cowboys. We know who the Bucks are. We know this isn't a good team. But we know that if you let Tom Brady stick around for long enough, you're screwed. The Dallas Cowboys can't do that, and it's going to come down to Dak Prescott. This dude cannot turn the ball over. He does that, Cowboys are done. He just he, he can't do it. You're on the road against Tampa. You start turning the ball over, and you got to keep number 12 off the field, man. I don't know what the Cowboys are going to do, but they, they cannot turn the ball over. Yeah, and like you said, the Cowboys are limping into this thing. And they're clearly the better team, but if you you just got you can't keep this game close. Mm-hmm. You got to kind of come out. I know you're on the road, sucks. You're a better team, but this has to be kind of a 10, 14 point game the whole way. If it's a 10 point game, I mean even a 14 point game, we've seen Brady do it. But like you can't even if he, if you're up three or seven and there's two minutes left, chop it up. Onto the next because this guy's gonna get it done, and I have a feeling at home, prime time. I, I have a feeling Tampa Bay is gonna play their best game of the season. You saw what Brady and Evans did two weeks ago. They play like that on Monday night. The Cowboys are one and are gonna be one and done again because again, the Cowboys need to come in this game playing the way that they did against the Vikings. They got to put their foot on their neck and just not let up. That's the way the Dallas Cowboys win this football game. You win in the trenches, you keep Brady off the football field, then you win time of possessions, and most importantly, you do not turn over the football. Dak Prescott needs to play a perfect game. Don't turn it over. Just do your thing. Hook up with Lamb. Run the football with Zeke and Pollard. Keep number 12 off the football field, and you're good. They don't do that. They're in trouble, man. And honestly, when I look at this game, this is a rematch. They played back on week one. Buccaneers dominated that game 19-3. to I like the Bucks, man. I just the Cowboys have not done anything in the last week. Sure, they beat the Eagles forty to thirty four with Gardner Minshew. That still to me just doesn't scream like, yes, I think they're gonna do it. I got more faith in number twelve, man, because why not? He's still Tom Brady. The Bucks have looked like absolute trash for most of the season, but I'm still taking Tom Brady in a playoff game against the Cowboys team that's been very up and down, like. This same Cowboys team was 12-5 and five last year, and we were saying the same thing. They ran into a, a buzzsaw in the Niners, and they lost. Kind of The, the Bucs are, are nowhere near playing as good as football as the Niners were down the stretch last year. But it's still Tom Brady and Mike Evans. You saw what they did two weeks ago against Carolina. They do that again? It's a wrap. Yeah, and I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, when Brady knows um, it's time to turn up, you know exactly where he's going to. And that was kind of like a desperation game, like, they were down. They almost lost it. All right, we got to pull this out, and I'm only giving the ball to you. You're you're gonna do your thing, and they finally got that connection going a little bit. So, we'll see, man. I'm picking. I'm picking Tampa in this one, 28-14. Yes. 
28-14, eh? I just I, you're telling me the Cowboys record of being one and done, the way they're lipping into this versus Tom Brady and the way him and Mike Evans looked two weeks ago in a must-win game at home. I, I have a feeling this is this is gonna be wraps, man. And then wow. the, and then the next week, all the NFC, all the eyes, all the talk is gonna be on the on the Buccaneers. It's like, oh shit, we're gonna have to deal with this thing again. Damn, wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? That'd be pretty mental if that happens. I got the Bucks too, twenty three seventeen. It's gonna come down to the wire. Bucks are gonna get it done again, man. Brady gonna do his thing. Cowboys are going home again. I just can't see it, man. It's just I the formula's right there, but I just feel like they're gonna do something in typical Dallas Cowboy fashion to screw it up at the end, and it's just it, it's not gonna happen. And the Bucks are gonna survive in advance. That that's it with the Bucks right now. It's like you you limped your way into the postseason. I don't know how. Same way the Jaguars did, except the Jaguars have been playing much better football. Like that that team's won five in a row. The Bucks have not. They've stumbled into the postseason, but now you have Tom Brady in a one and done playoff i think you can live with that this is it it's like we, you got to win to move on and you got tom brady on your team i think you're good i like the uh, i like the buccaneers by six should be interesting man should be a good wild card weekend but if it shapes up for it divisional weekend should be even more crazy with the matchups that are supposed to be there um it all kicks off saturday with the seahawks and niners at 4 30 got chargers jags on saturday night and then dolphins bills ravens bengals giants vikings on sunday and then Finish it off on Monday night with the Cowboys at the Buccaneers. Be final thoughts. I'm liking this um, this first wild card round. I I don't really know about the Monday. I don't know why they're playing a Monday game. I feel like that's um, right a huge disadvantage. Oh, 100%. Um, it was the same thing last year. I'm not going to lie. I'm shocked the Cowboys-Bucks didn't get the 430 game on Sunday. Because, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, this this is a... Monday night, like that's a brutal. That's a brutal beat. Um, and then they they're gonna be playing where short, I mean, week, short week, short week uh, in the playoffs. That makes no sense to me. Yeah, agreed, agreed. All right, we'll see what happens, man. Enjoy Wild Card Weekend, folks. Should be a good one. Don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more football and basketball news and analysis. Should be good. Let us know who you got this weekend. And we will recap Wild Card Weekend next week and preview Divisional Weekend. Hope everyone has a good week. And we will see y'all next week when we recap Super Wild Card Weekend. Thank you for listening to another episode of Baller Island. Keep it locked and stay tuned. We got a lot more sports content coming your way. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.